0: Racefills is the leading fuel distributor in Australian motorsport, and we're seeking two enthusiastic, hardworking individuals to join our dynamic
1: team in 2022. Both roles be based at Racefields headquarters in Dandenong, South Melbourne, and include travel to Australia's best motorsport events.
0: The right candidates should be self-motivated, autonomous workers with a customer-focused attitude. To be part of our great team, apply now via recruitment website Seek, JobSpot on Speed Cafe, or email your resume to careers at racefuels.com.au. Two of the very best operators. parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag. This is a suspended uh, race.
1: Hi there, it's the Parked Up Podcast. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony D'Alberto. We are powered by the mighty fighting racefuels. And this is episode 78 of our little podcast, Tony D. Nice to see your face.
2: Very nice to see you too, Grant. Uh, what's been going on? It's uh, been a reasonable weekend weather-wise in Melbourne. I haven't got up to much, but
1: what about yourself? I went to uh, a couple of parks with the girls. <laughs> we went up and down, slippery slides. There were so many people out and about. It's uh, It was kind of good to see in a lot of ways. And yeah, you're right. It was... It was nice, nice weather. Uh, yeah, just another we went, old, plain old weekend, Tony D.
2: We went for a little bike ride on Sunday morning and it was glorious, mm-hmm. glorious weather. But it was very busy, actually. Um, had a little Kiwi on the back of Steph's bike. I rode Steph's bike. She rode another bike. And then Oscar rode his bike. Um, and we went down this you know, um, path near a creek, right, near my house. And I said to Steph, is this got any hills on it? You know, like, is it a hilly journey that we're going on? No, 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 not at all. It's flat. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be so hilly. <laughs> it was, it was, so I, I ended up trying, on pedaling with you on the back of me and pushing Oscar up hills because he was like carrying on how bloody tired he was. Yep. It ended up being very strenuous ride. Right. very strenuous we did a whole we did 20ks oscar did 20ks on his little bike so yeah that's that awesome.
1: pretty impressive i've seen him pump around in his little bmx thing and it's mm. uh he is a real weapon with that so uh you've done a good job um getting him up to speed on that little thing you do realize though that we live out in the east of melbourne which sits at the foot of the dandenongs well, we, which but it we went just the makes opposite it very way. it makes it very hilly wherever you are around here but we went towards the city And
2: uh, but just to try and get out of this area, that first bit is very very hilly. So um, anyway, anyway, my fitness is better off for it. So very good. There you go. But besides that, very quiet weekend. I am starting to gear myself up for some Bathurst action. So I'm trying to trying to be a good boy. I'm trying not to uh, have too many uh, drinky poos on the weekends and Mm -hmm.
1: uh, watching your diet.
2: Yes, yeah, just trying to be a little bit, bit stricter. Uh, I, I sort of went through a phase there of not really caring so much, but um, we're
1: back on it. Good boy. Very good. And there's some big news to talk about as well, of course. Now we know where the next four rounds of the Supercars Championship is going to be, and we've got AVL, the great man, Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com, who's going to join us in the news to go into detail about some of that. There's some other... Uh, bits that we know that has come out, again, we'll talk to AVL, but Tony D, we know that you know when you're going to get to actually drive a supercar. You, we know that you're going to get to do a little bit of testing. There's a co-driver session, uh, maybe even, maybe a TCR race at the very end of it uh, mm. in Sydney, maybe. before. That's what I'm hearing. Before we roll around to Bathurst. So that's, uh, that's a sneaky possibility. But it must be just good to know that in about, uh, what is it, about six weeks' time, you're going to be back behind the wheel of race cars.
2: Yeah. Well, like I was just saying about, uh, you know, ramping up training, the motivation it gives you that there's an actual target inside and a date that you're going to get back in the race car, then it suddenly makes everything worthwhile. Uh, Whereas before, you're sort of ticking over and all this uncertainty and you're just not sure. And, very hard to have uh, your motivation really high. So that's going to be a really busy period and a lot of um, time behind the wheel. So I'm really looking forward to I've, I've gone from nothing and then I'll be very busy for at least a good three weeks, especially if the TCR round happens at Sydney Motorsport Park, uh, which will really prepare myself well for the Bathurst 1000, much better than last year. and you know, last year we went into the 1000 with no miles on board whatsoever, hadn't driven the car all year and you just roll out for practice one. Whereas- this year we'll actually get a test day, um, maybe even a sponsor ride day, uh, and a co-driver session in one of the one of the Jeez. events there. So you'll be sick of miles. driving.
1: You'll be yeah. sick of driving by the end of this.
2: I do need to find out who the hell I'm driving with though, because yes. I do need to do a seat pour. I need to do mm. a seat pour. I don't know who I'm driving with, which makes a seat pour very hard.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Um, so surely well, it also it also must be difficult not. Being anywhere near the seat to do a seat pour either, so uh, that's, that's probably that's probably the first hurdle to overcome. But what is the news there? What's uh, so you you you're driving for Shell V Power Racing, uh, champion team in the past three years. You you know that you'll either be with Will Davison or Anton De Pasquale. Just tell us, just give us the sneaky uh, inside line. I
2: honestly don't know just yet, but I reckon. Well, it can't be too far away, can it? I mean. Yeah. Um, it's looking unlikely that Scott's going to come. I saw a little article the other day that it is a possibility, but mm-hmm. they didn't really say whether he's coming or not. So I, I personally don't think he is, but time will tell. And, uh, but that still doesn't really tell me who I'm actually driving with, but all I know is I'm driving with one of the guys yep. and it'd just be nice to know who. So mm-hmm. when I do the seat pour, it's for the correct car.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh well, all in very good time i'm sure maybe we'll, let's try and get Ryan's story on the phone maybe i'll just we'll just bombard him let's just let's just get <laughs> it going it has to be announced soon right i reckon this time next week we'll be talking about
2: it well let's hope so
1: That's that'd be nice crazy. it'd
2: be nice to get that um clarity um and um yeah just know who you who you're working with you know as far as driver but uh engineers as well and crew on that car like it, it does make a difference so yeah looking forward to that we'll see it's getting exciting again grant we've got through the we've got through the the hump of all the uh you know no racing and no plans and all that crap and now it's looking good so
1: heaps of plans heaps of plans heaps of racing at city motorsport park we'll talk about that with avl in the news right now This is the news. It is brought to us by our good friends at motorsportwebsites.com.au. They'll make your website awesome, just like our website, the Parked Up Podcast website, where you can go back and listen to some of the golden oldies, Tony D. Hey, (laughs) joining us for the news today is our good friend, the fairest racer from the West. It's Andrew Van Lillen from motorsport.com. Mate, thanks for coming on again. Well, thanks for having me. I was just thinking, I don't know if I've ever looked at the Parked Up website.
0: I'm going to have to check it out. I don't think I've ever actually <laughs> yeah. gone to it. Do
2: yourself a favour. It is a ripper.
0: Because every Motors- time I come on, I hear about, you know, you talk about motorsport websites and how good this is. And I just thought, maybe I've, I've, got, to, I've got to know for sure. I've got to know no. for sure. Oh, well, okay, there it is.
1: Parkedup.com.au. Uh, And, uh, of course, thanks to motorsport websites for that. Okay, AVL, the big supercars news just in the past week has been confirmation of the next four rounds of supercars, and they'll all be held at Sydney Motorsport Park. They'll all be on the Gardner circuit, the traditional 3.9-kilometre circuit. Uh, That's a lot of racing around that uh, one venue in in, uh, four straight weekends. Um, What's your take on it?
0: Yeah, look, I, I'm a little disappointed with the fact that they haven't mixed the circuits up a little bit. I'm sure there is a, a good reason for it. Otherwise, you would do it. And we've seen that Category has had the willingness to do it with using the two different layouts at the Bend or two of the different layouts at the Bend last year. But yeah, look, it would have been nice to see something a little different. Like, they're already up against it four weekends at the same circuit, at the same venue, you know. So I think that it would have been nice to see something different. You know, it's going to be it's going to be hard work getting through that. And I don't say, I don't mean that as a tear up, but like we've seen that back to back start to get a little bit old by the end of the second one, they struggle a little bit with TV engagement, a little bit with getting people through the gates at places where they've been able to have people through the gates. So it's a massive ask to go to the same place four times in four weeks and really expect, you know, a strong level of engagement from go to woe through that process. You know, the fourth round is two to 50 kilometre races, which that, that's going to be a real roll of the dice as to whether, you know, we're really going to see whether those races can be really exciting because they can tend to not be sometimes. I've got nothing against the format, but that format at that circuit, even with the super soft tyre thrown in, is a bit of a wild card. I don't know. I, I, it, it feels like I, I thought we were going to see a bit more, variety uh, i thought we might see a little bit more s- something kind of really special format wise chucked in there just because of the fact of this completely less than ideal scenario which super, you know we did a roundtable with sean Seema last week and he, he's happy to oh appear, there he goes idea. again
2: there he goes again mentioning sean Seema having a roundtable oh, right, yeah. meeting with him every we time you get come invited on, to this we yeah, never get, get to invited
0: we I tell never them get not invited. to invite you. I tell them not. <laughs> to. I say, I say, don't. let Otherwise, I, they won't invite me back on the show. If if TD gets into these meetings, then I've no shot ever again. Um, uh, yeah. So look, uh, th- th- they admit that this is not this is not ideal. You know, it's just yeah. what they feel they have to do to get the championship done. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was I, I was a little surprised that we didn't see a little more caution thrown to the wind with the um, with the um, formats and these configurations lots of night racing four of the 11 races are at night that's great always looks cool but again too much of a good thing all that sort of stuff so i don't know td what do you reckon
2: oh look i'm the same i think they would have been good to have some different variations to the circuit just to mix it up a little bit i mean we you know generally whoever's strong at a particular layout um, they're strong for a reason. It might not just be a setup thing they've done for that weekend. It might be, you know, in their their philosophy. So, you know, you're probably going to see the same people up the front if they don't mix it up with, you know, tires or, um, you know, configurations of the circuit. So uh, it is a little bit boring, I guess, but it's probably what they've had to do. I, I like how they've got the night racing. I like how there be, could potentially be some uh, ARG action later in the fall, four events which hasn't been confirmed yet this is what i'm hearing on the grapevine maybe grant could uh <laughs> give us a few more uh, ideas nothing. on that one
1: yeah why would i know
2: well this is what i'm hearing that arg are going to join for the last round which would be great because then at least you've got some different categories there which might draw in uh, a crowd for that last uh, sydney most uh sydney motorsport round yep. um because before the they're going to have this exactly the same, basically three weekends in a row. So why would somebody keep coming out weekend after weekend? So.
0: Got to yeah. be banking on people in Sydney being real bored after this lockdown and being real yes. desperate for something to do. And the fact the footage seasons will be over, but, and, and again, that sounds like a massive tear up. I don't mean it that way. It's just a hard sell. Cause like you yeah. say, those first three weekends are almost identical. Save from a few little tweaks to the tire regs. It's going to be, it, 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 it's going to be hard to get through. That's just the reality. I see, you know, you talk about the ARG categories at the last round. They've got Super 2 at the last round, S5000 at the last round. So that's, they're obviously throwing a fair bit at that. I'm guessing maybe the other savior in terms of getting people through the gate could be that we're probably likely to see a staggered capacity limit. So mm. by the, that fourth one, more and more people will be able to get in. So maybe they're sort of chucking all the big supports and everything at that last one and going, well, let's make this the big. The big hurrah before they go to battle. I think the last one is where there's going to be additional driver's session as well. Practice is it the last one, TD?
2: Yeah, I believe so. And Again, I haven't really been. This hasn't been confirmed to me, but I'm hearing there will be a co-driver well,
0: session. Well, no, that, there. that was that was that that was confirmed. They definitely confirmed a co-driver session. I'm pretty sure it was the last one. So, so gonna you
1: guys this, get Get to drive. This. Get to drive a car again. Get to drive a out. supercar.
2: Probably, for, probably forgotten here. Well, <laughs> no, mate. Didn't you see my
0: form on the sim,
2: mate? Oh, <laughs> my, oh, my, oh mate. I'm you got so much
0: it. TV time every week. It was just TD this and TD that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ever, you would yeah. never know you were in the race most weeks if it wasn't. <laughs> like Instagram stories, that was the best yeah. coverage. And, and, and crashing, at crashing. Oh, yeah, a couple of, of crashes. Um, um, but, yeah, it's it's. there's been talk of an all-in test, you know, or some testing um, mm. because obviously co-drivers are, are really without laps. You know, a lot of them without racing laps, people like yourself that would normally be doing TCR and stuff and GT stuff just can't be doing it. It hasn't been happening, you know. So, so I think we're going to see some of that sort of stuff. But yeah, the Festival of Sydney Motorsport Park. You'll be uh, yeah, particularly you, Grant. You'll be you'll know the menu at the Alpha Hotel off by heart by <laughs> the end of uh, four weeks there.
1: No, surprisingly, the Alpha Hotel was booked out uh, when when I made the phone call to try and book there. It was um, it was already booked out. So. There was, I uh, uh, I think I'll be trapped in Parramatta somewhere, which is, uh, Not part, so of, bad. part of COVID down really, so, hey, there, there, we... will, there will be restrictions. And then, uh, actually in that Sean Seymour chat, AVL, was there much about how they might deal with the COVID situation? Uh, well, you know, it's in the, it's obviously well and truly in the community and, you know, they're going to have to figure out a way that people can try and do this safely. What happens if someone at the venue, as COVID, there's a fair chance that that's going to happen, especially over those four weeks.
0: Well, I mean, absolutely. And I guess, but by that stage, the idea is that, you know, you, you have to be double vaccinated to have access to Sydney Motorsport Park for those four rounds. That's that's a Sydney Motorsport Park rule and will be in line with the restrictions in New South Wales at the time. But yeah, there'll be people coming and going. You would expect that we'll have the virus. I actually asked Sean, you know, will there be a will, will there be a hub or will drivers and teams be effectively quarantining over that four weeks? And he said, no, nope, people will be able to do Whatever is in accordance with the with the with the health regulations in that part of New South Wales at that time, people will be able to do. So if you you know if, if restaurants are back open, and that sort of stuff, absolutely no issues um, with doing any of that sort of stuff. So look, that's definitely going to be a potential challenge. But the idea and the reason Supercars has chosen New South Wales or Sydney, which it seems bonkers that Sydney is the savior of the Supercars season, having been the initial problem for the mm. fact we weren't going racing. So, but
2: can uh, we talk about that quickly though? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, originally, they were talking about going to Queensland Raceway for a couple of rounds, and then doing Sydney Motorsport Park. Um, what was the reason behind just using Sydney Motorsport Park?
0: it was too expensive to get into Queensland to, to get through and do the quarantine um, was just going, they wanted to effectively set up a hub and operate out of a hub there to help make life a little easier for the Melbourne teams when they traveled up and for the new South Wales team, Brad Jones racing, but it just ultimately got far too expensive. And the big concern was that, you know, two days, and we've seen that with the NRL grand final this week, two days before there's an outbreak in Brisbane and, you know, the, the, the category going to all this trouble and all this money to get the team's, up there and then they have to close the doors anyway and they can't let a crowd through so what they were saying and i guess this is what we're talking about they're not just gonna surely they're not just gonna close the thing end if there's a confirmed case of COVID at the circuit because the whole point of going to sydney is that they're meant to be open for business and there's not meant to be any more risks of lockdown and that's what the category is saying this is the least riskiest place we can go because it's not like there's going to be three confirmed cases the night before the race and the gates get closed on them. You know, there should be no reason why everything's not open and running. I would be wary about driving into the center of COVID town Australia, but that's what's going to be happening. You know, that's the way the category sort of sees, um, sees getting the rest of the season away. And the thing for Bathurst, you know, Bathurst is obviously early December, by December one, New South Wales are saying there won't even be requirements for double vaccination for large events. Um, So people, unvaccinated people will be free to go to what the category is hoping will be a capacity crowd at Bathurst. You know, it all seems pretty mad, but that's, you know, what they are working towards and what they are uh, expecting to happen. And I say it seems mad because I'm over here in the ultimate COVID-free bubble of Western Australia, stuck behind a big... So you won't be coming? Oh, I don't think so, mate. I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I honestly, unless things change very quickly, I can't see Western Australia opening the, uh, opening the doors anytime soon. Even for me to, even if I wanted to go down the quarantine route, I don't think I'm going to have a choice. I don't think I'm going to be able to get in.
2: So Grant, for, for us coming from Melbourne, um, what does that mean when we come home? Been in Sydney for a month or so, come yeah. home. Do we have to uh, self isolate or? Yeah,
1: possibly. I mean, it'll just depend on whatever the regulations are. You know, there's going to be no special uh, dispensation for anyone who uh, is going to go to motor races. It's whatever the rules are at the time of return will be the rules that you have to adhere to. So, like at the moment, it is basically impossible to get back from Sydney, from New South Wales to Victoria. You have to have that many uh, special reasons to to be able to do it. And uh, I think the uh, the website, uh, the Victorian Health website, says that if you don't need to be in Sydney and you need to be back in Victoria, then just don't even think about going. But that will change. That should change where the border should be open and you might have to do your 14 days of home isolation. I think that's hopefully the worst case scenario you know, best case scenario is that you'll know, we'll, you'll we'll be able to return and, you know, just live your normal COVID safe life.
0: Supercars is confident that there will be no restrictions at all on Victorian teams returning from New South Wales by that sort of 7th, 8th of December point that the border should be open and there won't even be home isolation. There's an expectation that Queensland teams are going to have to go through some form of uh, quarantine or isolation. But Melbourne teams, again, I I mean, obviously nobody knows this for sure, but the plan is that by then Melbourne teams will be able to just head on home, carry on their life in their COVID safe way as you pointed out,
1: Grant. Cool, so that's, uh, that's the calendar. It's four rounds at Sydney Motorsport Park followed by the Bathurst 1000, which will be over six days. It's also a pretty comprehensive wrap on what the border situation is like up and down here (laughs) in the east coast. Uh, Let's talk about the silly season. Uh, There hasn't been a great deal of movement AVL, not certainly not since the last time we spoke to you. When we spoke to you last, the thing was going absolutely off like a firecracker. But you know, in the recent times, it's all kind of come to a bit of a standstill. There's a couple of big big dominoes to fall, you know, we, um, you know, we know that Nick Perkatt's on the move uh, likely to go to Walkinshaws but after that, there's still just a lot of questions. But do you yeah.
2: think like if Perkatt goes to Walkinshaw what's your thoughts on how the rest plays out?
0: Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm just wary whenever Grant says there's nothing going on in the silly season that usually within a day or so, uh, all <laughs> but, um, so, By the thanks, time the pod comes out Yeah, thanks for tipping me into a massive couple of days of work, Grant <laughs> Yeah, look, I guess things won't have come to a standstill Because they'll be going on But certainly in terms of things being announced Or really public things It's, um, it's, it's quieted down a bit um, Since we had the sort of heimgartner Percat explosion um, A couple of weeks ago Look, I, I, I'm still, you know I, I, We know that Bryce Fullwood is going to end up somewhere You know, Tickford and BJR the front runners to land him, you know, he, he, he's going to go somewhere. Nick Perkett is going to go to Walker that, you know, not confirmed, but that's, that's, that's pretty much what's going to happen. So yeah, look, there's still, you know, the question marks over Todd Hazelwood, the question marks over Jack LeBrock, they're all still there. Um, I guess we are going to, Yeah, it's interesting to see whether things are going to get sorted before we go racing again, whether people will use the next few weeks to try and get stuff locked down or whether, you know, focus now turns on actually getting back to prep and race cars. Because, you know, once we go racing, it's Mm. like basically a five-week sprint to the Bathurst uh, 1000. And traditionally, we've seen things slow down in the lead up to Bathurst um in terms of that sort of stuff because a lot of people go well let's get through bathurst and then make decisions that makes a little more sense when bathurst is in october and you've still got three months of the year Mm. left to sort out your stuff but yeah it it, it could either things are going to go real quiet or they might sort of speed up so people are sorted and they can just focus on what's going to happen once we actually go racing again
2: and avl what's the latest on murph and stanaway driving at bathurst this year
0: uh, as far as I know, it is happening. The big thing for for, for Pete Addison Boost was the crowds could get through the gate, so it looks like that's going to be the case. So um, the last I spoke to Pete about it, uh, private jet, sixty grand it was going to cost him, uh, right. and he's going to fly him over. Um, they're hoping to definitely get a test in at Sydney Motorsport Park during the the quadruple header to get those guys some laps because they desperately needed, and really, you know, they're gonna they're gonna suffer without that proper three test program, which is what the super cheap wildcard has been able to do being in Queensland, they've had the benefit of actually carrying on with their testing. Um, so big, big ask for those guys. But yeah, look, that, that is the latest I've heard is that if they have to charter a flight, um, they will, I think actually getting back into New Zealand will be the challenge. Again, by then New South Wales, they're saying that, you know, New beauty, let's open up and let's go. So I think get back to New Zealand, which is, you know, obviously had a fairly conservative border policy, Throughout the pandemic. That's gonna be kind of uh kind of the challenge. But um, you know, by flying private, maybe they can work a way out of the caps on the I think they call it the MIQ there or whatever it is to to get back, get quarantined and uh, and, and carry on.
1: Of course, you mentioned Brock Feeney and Russell Wingle there. We're gonna catch up with Brock Feeney very soon in the parked up podcast. AVL in uh, in other supercars news there was some interesting uh, movements on the start of the 2022 season with Newcastle being announced always a great event to go to traditionally it was the last round of the championship next year it will be the first round keeps it in New South Wales a lot of racing in New South Wales um, in supercars world for the next uh, 6 months or so but encouraging that they're you know they're they're getting they're getting things announced, ready for next year already.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we always knew. Well, when I say we knew, Newcastle was announced as the season opener as part of the calendar, as part of the 2021 calendar announcement. But when it wasn't on the 2021 calendar, it was announced as the season opener for 2022. Um, I sort of, I, I hesitate to say we knew that because obviously so much has changed and street circuits are particularly vulnerable um, have been particularly vulnerable during the pandemic so but look they've announced the date early March it is it still seems so soon to be having a big event you know like once upon a time anything beyond the end of 2020 seemed like okay we'll be fine by then and now you look at March 2022 and go geez I hope it's all trucking along all right but you know if New South Wales carries through with what it wants to do which is open up and get on with life then there really shouldn't be any reason why that event can't go ahead and they can confidently build a street circuit and spend that money knowing that they can get people through the gate. And you would reckon, you know, Newcastle's obviously been impacted heavily, particularly by this latest outbreak and all that sort of stuff. So you reckon the people there would be pretty keen to, um, to having a, a big event going and and, and get along and, and then sort of enjoy something like the good old days. So with all that
2: said, boys, that will leave the Bathurst event at the start of the year open to, Potentially some sort of uh, twelve-hour event. Do you reckon there'll be cars coming from overseas to compete, or you reckon it'll just be an Australian GT twelve-hour?
0: Could be, could be overseas cars from. I don't know if they'll be coming from all around the world, but you know, there's been talk of whether it's an Asia Pacific style sort of deal, or, um, or you know, at least crews from New Zealand and that sort of stuff coming across. So, I think that, um, I think that. You know, we, we could see some sort of international representation, but I can't imagine that we're going to see a fully-fledged Bathurst 12-hour like the ones we were used to up until 2020. Well, time will tell. It will.
1: Well, AVL, we thank you for joining us on the Parked Up podcast again. We love seeing your shiny face here on our Zoom call, mm-hmm. and the listeners love hearing your voice. Well, at least, that's, that's well, great. there was one guy at least who was saying we need more AVL. So uh, wow. there you go. That's, <laughs> that is, that's, that's, that's probably, he's probably the first person to ever say that ever, I think. People, the people are speaking. Well, when I say <laughs> people, person, I mean the person. The person is speaking. Was,
0: it, was, it, was his surname Van Leeuwen? Yes, like Johnny Johnny,
1: Johnny <laughs> yeah. Van Leeuwen. Hey, look, speaking of Johnny Van Leeuwen as well, there's a rumor going around that you are going to do some Formula Ford racing or at mm. least driving. Yeah. At at uh, Wanneroo Raceway, tell us about this. Yeah, well, it is driving because I can't
0: actually race at the moment because I don't have a full license anymore. I gave that up many years ago because, as TD will know, they're quite quite expensive. The old circuit racing licenses, and if you're not using them regularly, you tend to go. I don't need to spend this money. But looking towards doing a little bit of racing next year, got my license, got my got the basic license back. I've poured. A, I did a seat pour yesterday. I haven't done that. <laughs> I haven't felt the the warm the warm sort of. Uh, well, just the warmth that creeps up your back as that polyurethane foam sort of yeah. expands behind you. Um, did you get very,
2: any warm. in your hair? No,
0: no, yeah, I haven't. That has happened. I did, my old my old driving suit had a fair bit of foam stuck onto it that was never yeah. ever coming off. Um, but no, the old man's got pretty good at it over the years of pouring seats for people. So um, we did it in two goes yesterday. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to have a drive at Wanneroo in a couple of weeks. First time in 11 years I've driven a Formula Ford. I've done plenty of laps there, but I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated to know whether it's going to be like just like riding a bike and I'll go, Oh yeah. Or it's just going to feel like the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, I've got some sim laps under my belt, but I don't think I'll be able to, um, I don't think I'll be carrying the same bloody alcohol reading I normally am on the sim. Again, at least I hope so. At least the officials will be hoping so, I'm guessing, when I get in the real thing. They'll uh, certainly anyhow, be I'm- checking.
1: If, they, if anyone uh, at Barbagello in the officialdom area is listening to this, then they'll certainly be checking you before you go
0: out. <laughs> it's a good idea. But no, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. No, it should be fun. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually quite excited about it
1: awesome well uh you get to do laps in race cars before tony d it's a yeah, uh, if weird need tips, world.
0: T- if you need any tips td before Bathurst mate just uh just let I'll you give me a bell
1: yep. i'll give you a bell no no anytime right.
0: mate always here for you
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate andrew van lewin thanks for joining us see you boys see you mate we thank avl for his time now we are going to speak to brock feeney he is Supercar's newest full-time driver. He's going to start his full-time journey with, of all teams, Red Bull and Racing. He is a young gun who has won the Super 3 title. He's on the edge of winning the Super 2 title, which uh, there's a fair chance he's going to wrap up either in the one round at Sydney or the final round at Bathurst. And next year, he replaces Jamie Winkup to drive in uh, the Triple Eight team. I guess he'll take over 88. Would you imagine he'll drive the 88 car? Yeah, I that, think so. That'd think be a so. thing, right? Or yep. well, maybe they could roll a Triple Eight back
2: out. That mm. could be a thing.
1: Mm. That he could does be look a
2: like thing. a young Craig Lowndes.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's a bit of, uh, bit of that going on there. Anyway, yeah. you yeah. know what? I actually haven't spent a great deal of time with, with Brock um, because I'm old and haggard that uh, mm. I don't need to speak to the young young guys anymore. Uh, so, look, I'm interested to ask him a few questions about what he's feeling and, and how it's all going. Of course, he's got the co-drive with Russell Ingle in the super cheap auto Commodore. I think, hatch, I think you,
2: you mispronounced that. I think uh, Russell Ingall got the co-drive with Brock Feeney.
1: Right. Of course. Yes, you'd imagine that Brock will qualify this thing. Anyway, maybe that's something that we'll ask him uh, right now. On Parked Up, we're powered by Race Fuels, and we've got Brock Feeney joining us right now. Hey, it's great to have Brock Feeney on the Parked Up podcast. Brock, thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Mate, you are living the dream at the moment. You're uh, on the edge of uh, Super 2 Crown. You're going to do the Bathurst 1000 with... A, uh, a massive Bathurst legend, Russell Wingle plus and most important, you're going to be a full-time driver, not just in the Supercars Championship, but with Red Bull Holden Racing, uh, or Ampol Racing, sorry, a huge couple of years ahead of you. What's, uh, how's things sit from, from your point of view?
3: Yeah, it's certainly been a very busy, I suppose, couple of months for me. This whole year in general, I obviously knew what was was at stake for me. So I knew I needed to put in 100% and hopefully get some good results. So it's good to get everything organised for next year, got the contract signed. So um, it was good to get that done sort of start of August. So now it's just time planning ahead and it gives me time to just focus on Super 2 for the rest of the year and then obviously getting into the 1000 as well.
2: It's been a big lead up uh, to the 1,000. Obviously, uh, Russell Ingall is joining you, I should say, uh, rather than the other way around. He wouldn't (laughs) be the main driver there. Um, But you guys have been doing uh, quite a bit of testing, getting Russell back in the swing of things. How's he been going in the car? Uh, We all know that he's a hard racer and uh, he's very competitive. I'm sure he's looking at your data and and trying to match what you're doing in the car. But um, how's the old boy going?
3: Yeah, he's been going really good,
2: actually, so he did 10 laps in my super two car
3: sort of just after we announced it. And I think to be honest, he had a little bit of a shock. He went, man, this is, this is pretty challenging. Um, but once we got out in the ZB Commodore, we had a ride day, which was probably the perfect, you know, warm up for him to get back into the swinger thing. So, you know, he basically sat in the car the whole day, did plenty of laps. And then we've had a couple of test days as well. So Safe to say we're all sort of shocked with how he's going at the moment. He's been really good. His race runs are awesome. Consistency is really strong as well. So I'm sure once we get to Bathurst, he'll get into his element. And, um, yeah, he'll feel right at home.
2: Yeah, I, I reckon he's going to be quite competitive. I mean, I, I saw when he jumped in the TCR car uh, a couple of years back there, he was on the money straight away. So the old dog's got plenty of fire in him, that is for sure. Um, uh, But talking about, like, ride days and things, like I know from my point of view, being a co-driver, they are the best days now to just sit in the car, get acclimatized, um, you know, just get your eye back in and you know, obviously not doing a lot of miles. It, it's really beneficial and not a lot of co-drivers are going to get that opportunity. So I feel as though you guys are actually going into the 1,000 with a lot of miles. You're going to hit the ground running. So
3: You're, you're just really jealous. Spot.
1: You're just jealous. I'm that- so <laughs> jealous. I'm we so are in a jealous. very fortunate
3: situation though because – I was shocked when they announced like when we were told we were doing the wild card and we were allocated three test days and that's what a full time supercar driver gets for a whole season. So mm. we're doing one race and we still get three, four test days. You know, we've had ride days with super cheap auto on that as well. So we got plenty of time in the car. And you know, as you said, Tony it was the same for me last year going in co driving. and we all just went in blind basically and rocked up at the mm. 1000 went straight out for practice. So um, myself and Russell, fortunately we got plenty of days to get up to speed and, Uh, get comfortable with the cars I suppose the biggest thing for both of us
2: and and what are your expectations obviously we all go there wanting to get the ultimate prize and and get on the podium at least Um, but what are the expectations going into the 1000? Look I don't wouldn't really say I have a set
3: expectation yet and I suppose for me that's probably the best way to go into it Um, you know I've still got my Super 2 championship that weekend and my biggest goal this year has been trying to win that championship so um, a lot of my focus especially up till Saturday will be making sure that I can uh try and wrap that up but for the 1000 I think the biggest thing for me gonna be my first hit out against those main series drivers so it's gonna be my first time qualifying the car you know doing most of the stints in the race so I want to take as much as I can out of this experience to help me for next year especially when I get into those first couple of races at the start of the year and I got someone pretty handy in my corner to give me a few tips along the way and Mm-hmm. Uh, the way things have been going at QR it's been really good but as we all know Bathurst is very different to Queensland Raceway so I suppose we'll, we'll wait and see how we end up in qualifying and then we'll figure out what our expectations are for the race from there
1: they're kind of the similar sort of tracks just one extra mountain to climb other than that <laughs> yeah, just, basically just a the couple same. of corners <laughs> hey uh, the Super 2 stuff is is really interesting you've got a real stranglehold on it obviously only legends win Super 2 series you'd probably agree Tony D
2: Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) It was my next little thing to bring up, Brock. Now, when you do win the Super 2 Championship, just look down the trophy quite a way, like quite a few years, and and you will find my name there. Um, And, uh, you know, when you do look at some of those, you know, previous champions, you know, some have gone on to big things. Some have gone on to even bigger things like like myself. making
1: podcasts, yes. Like making
2: podcasts. So, so when you do win that championship, you can sort of think, "I want to be like Tony D. I want to have my own podcast when I've, you know, when I'm a co-driver again." <laughs> that I it bet, is important. That's what you aspire to be. It, it, it is an I it, it,
1: it is an important important thing to wrap up. Um, you know, you've already got 2022, and and hopefully the rest of your career locked away. But um, it's nice to I don't know. It's nice to hear that it's still important to, to tick that box.
3: Yeah, for sure. I, at the moment, it means more than anything to me is winning that championship. And I sort of had that one week when the announcement came out, you know, that was sort of the go around, shake around his hand, say, yeah, thanks. It's, it's good to get next year under control. But after that, you know, my full focus is just on Super 2. And I know how important that is to win the championship. And I said at the start of the year, if I can win that championship, it will put me in the best position to move up. So... Even though, no pens to paper, it's it's still 100% my goal next year. And I think it's great for me to be in this situation where I'm sort of leading a championship and gaining this experience and just doing more Super 2 races as well. So I think it's going to be vital for me. And I'm just looking forward to going back racing again,
2: I suppose. Yeah, we all are. Um, But I I think you're right. I think it's very important (coughs) to wrap up that championship for your career, even though you've got the next stage locked away. But recently we all jumped on the old simulator grant and we'll talk a little bit about Sims. Yeah, much. I love them. Um, but we didn't see you, you triple eight boys on the sim. What, what happened there? No. So
3: the team didn't commit to doing the series. Um, so I think, I think basically all the teams did except for us. So I'm not too, not too sure what the decision was there, but I was pretty keen to maybe do a one-off. I didn't really want to commit to the whole series because man it takes some like energy out of you doing that sim stuff like I did a couple of wild cards last year and I was just doing one-offs and the amount of time you got to put in to be competitive is insane so um, I tried to jump on for the last one but a bit of stuff happened and and I wasn't able to but to be honest I actually really enjoyed it when I did it last year like when the battles are clean and you're having a good race like it's it's really good fun but 99% 99% of the time you're getting shunted at turn one and you are getting off track on your qualifying lap. It's so frustrating.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating. Poor old Grant. Uh, each Wednesday night would do some social content for me and the poor bugger would just get heckled uh, and ab- abused, abused the whole time because I was so frustrated behind the wheel that sim. It is the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, and, and you know, like I wasn't even competitive. So uh it was a double whammy for me, not competitive and getting chunted at Turn 1. It was hell. I, I couldn't wait for that last lap, you know, the checkered flag at the last event, and then I didn't have to get on the sim ever again.
1: <laughs> I think I'm going to oh, sell beach, it. mate. <laughs> hey, let's, uh, let's, let's, um, let's look at 2022. Awesome opportunity. It's, the, it's Australia's best team, you know, in the past – Past ten or fifteen years, and and really the stuff that um, you know kids at your age could only dream of to to get that opportunity. You've given yourself every opportunity to do it absolutely uh, right. And firstly, it must be exciting. And and also, like, what what is the expectation? What do you what do you sort of think that you're going to come out of next year with?
3: Yeah, it has been, you know, really unbelievable for me. And I sort of keep going on. It's like a dream come true. But honestly, it was a couple of years ago. I only started driving cars three years ago. So, you know, three and a half years ago I was a go-kart kid sitting on the couch watching all these guys that I'm, you know, now got their phone now got their phone numbers and stuff like that. So just to be where I am today and look back on how quick it sort of happened, it's it's really cool for me and, and not only myself, but everyone that sort of helped me get here. So um, is all no. It's it's a long journey to to get here. But even 12 months ago, if anyone would have said to me you'd be you know replacing Jamie Wink Cup, I'd told him that they're dreaming. And, and <laughs> it was always one of those things. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd you know if Triple Eight's the way to go because it's never seemed like it's just those two drivers. And they've had so limited drivers over the years. So to be filtered into that situation in that team, uh, it feels like a great opportunity for me. And you know, hopefully, I'm there for a long time to come. But yeah, next year sort of same thing. Um, haven't really thought about it, you know, too much. Just want to try and wrap up this year first and I suppose wait and see where we roll out at the first round next year. But, you know, the teams used to win in races. Fortunately, I've got Shane there to sort of help me out for the first few rounds and, you know, keep that rolling. But you know, just, you know, learn as much as I can it's the biggest thing. And I got I got all the stuff there to and the equipment to go and win races and championships. So um, I won't stop till I get there.
2: What's been the most impressive thing hanging around Triple Eight? Um, obviously, Shane is at the top of his game. He does an amazing job driving the car, but like mentally in the car as well, how he you know, passes people and sets up his race from a strategy point of view. He's he's one step ahead of a lot of drivers out there. What are some of the things that really stand out for you and, and what's really impressive at Triple Eight? I suppose the biggest thing was...
3: You know, when I first went to the team and had the first meeting there, yeah, you look around and it doesn't take much to realise that they're going to win races. You know, they they got some unbelievably smart guys there, and they got a you know really group of passionate racers. But for me, and you know, seeing what the drivers do, it's you know obviously the on track stuff's getting them results, but the stuff that they do off the track, in between sessions, and that like they go there to race, and that is their one hundred percent focus. You know, you see Shane, he's probably not the biggest one to go out and, you know, have a chat to everyone and talk to the media and that he's like in the truck, just fully assessing how he can go faster. And, you know, I see little bits of that because obviously doing Super 2 and stuff like that, but whenever I go up, you know, he's full analysis, going through every tiny little bit. And him and Jamie, are obviously in a great spot at the moment where they're bouncing off each other really well. And the results are showing it's you know, been such a dominant year for him. And yeah, they're just kicking goals every, every racetrack they go to.
2: And what about Roland? I mean, he's uh, an amazing leader. He's been so successful in his career as well. Um, you know, he's going to step back a little bit next year. Um, do you Is, he will... Is he stepping back?
1: Is he stepping back? Will he, he <laughs> won't
2: be able to let go of the wheel, will he? I think, I think there'll still be a Dane in there, but uh, and he, he will still be keeping an eye on it. But, you know, do you think that will play a bit of a factor in next year and will it be a different environment for the team?
3: Um, you know, Roland's definitely going to be there to help Jamie out. You know, next year it's obviously a, a very different transformation for Jamie to sort of go from driving roles into team principal next year. So Roland's, I'm sure, going to be there helping him out, making sure that he's steering the ship in the right direction. But you know, what AD's done to get the team to where it is today, and how structured it is, and how professional it is, and they're there to go racing. So you know, Jamie's not going to change that. They're still going to go go away to the track to win races and I think I'm in a very fortunate position to be sort of the first driver under Jamie's wing and hopefully he'll be able to pass a little bit of knowledge on to me.
1: You're only the fifth or sixth actual full-time driver ever to join that team in a uh, you know in what is it 16 17 years it's a it's an unbelievable stat and uh, a testament to to what they've created and and uh, you know the longevity and the success that they've been, they've been able uh, to generate, let's um, let's let's fast forward the uh, the clock twelve months from now, where where October. What's what's a pass mark for yourself? Do you want to have a race win under your belt? Is it more about championship position? What is a good result at this time next year for Brock Feeney?
3: Championship's probably a hard one to look at. You know, I know next year's probably might be a little bit inconsistent. Still got a couple of tracks that I got to learn and stuff like that, and just you know, I think as the season goes on probably the faster I'll get and the more experienced I'll get. So don't think it's going to be, you know, as radical in in the lap time stuff, but you know, the racing's going to, you know, Tony will probably back me up on this a little bit, but the racing's probably going to be the biggest change for me going from super two to main series. So, um, you know, I want to be, the good thing is having Shane. I know wherever he is, he's going to be winning races. So as, as long as I can close that gap as much as I can, you know, hopefully towards the end of the year, I'll get a couple of podiums or something like that. It's, it, it's hard to say at the moment, to be honest. And as I said, I haven't thought too much into it. But look, my mindset's always going to go out and try and win races. And Jamie's, you know, giving me that confidence. He's told me uh, just go out and give it hundred ten percent. He said if it doesn't pay off, it doesn't pay off. But you know, if you're going out there and giving it all, um, that's all we can ask for.
2: Yeah, I think you've got an amazing group of people be- behind you and and helping you. And uh, that support is going to be really crucial that first year. Brock, is is there any ambition to do anything other than supercars? Um, we've obviously seen Scott McLaughlin recently go over and do IndyCar, which probably surprised a lot of us that he actually went down that path. Like I think when he was driving supercars, you would have thought he might go and do NASCAR or something. Yeah. Um, but do you have any other goals outside of supercars? Because you're very very young. There's a long career ahead of you. Or are you is this is, has this been your focus the whole time?
3: Yeah, so I sort of got in a
2: bit of a weird situation i did my
3: final year in cars. Oh,
0: goodness
3: um sorry <laughs> lightning <laughs> um, my, my final year in carts in 2017 spent sort of the last three months of the year in europe and we went really well over there finished on the podium a few times so when we come back to australia i was you know pretty eyes set on going back to europe the next year and we had to have a bit of a reality check of of what was true and um, we realised that you know we'd sort of be back in a year and have nothing else to do. So from that that day onwards, I put my full focus on getting the supercars, and I'm now at the stage where I'm you know, fortunately made the step into main game, and I want to you know end up winning championships. So, as you said, Teddy, the best thing is for me. I'm so young, so I got plenty of years. Hopefully, in this game, and I, I would love to go overseas at some point um you know what scotty's done a lot of kids my age you know really idolize what he's done you know he's come into supercars made a massive impact and and then gone on to bigger things overseas so america's probably a really cool place where i'd like to end up one day i just like the hardcore racing that they do but um indycar nascar i just think there's some really cool categories out that one day hopefully i'll be able to travel the world and go race some cool cars
2: yeah cool Um, I I want to talk briefly on Paul Morris and Norwell and your involvement there, because uh, we've actually spoken about a lot on the, on our podcast before with other drivers like Anton and Brody. He he does a very good job of grooming the young drivers and also uh, identifying uh, this talent coming through. What do you put that down to? I mean, he, he, uh, in his driving career, he was very flamboyant and you know, a very hard racer. Is is that the sort of stuff that he passes on? He sort of hard racing and, and sort of focuses you guys in the right direction.
3: Yeah, he does a lot. And I think, you know, Paul took me, Paul taught me how to drive a car just in general. So he picked me up when I was January, 2018, it was and took me out to Norwell. And, and I think from day one, the best thing was for me, I didn't go to a track and, you know, pick up bad habits. So Paul sort of put the right stuff in my head from day dot and, you know, it's sort of carried through and obviously learned so much over the years but he's not selfish at all in telling everyone all his information and, you know, he just unloads on you everything that he knows about racing cars and it's you know, not just the stuff that you do on the track it's a lot of stuff off the track as well so you just see the drivers that have gone through there over the past few years you know, Anton was sort of the first big one through and he's had Brody come through now and I'll be joining next year with those boys as well but the young kids that are coming through there I think it's you know, definitely probably taken stages, the the biggest driving, you know, coaching in Australia. And you see it when you're out there, like you just get kids in from go-karts and they come out for a few lessons and how quick they get and they learn the right ways. It's pretty impressive to see what they do out there.
1: And what about, uh, tell us about Nash Morris. What do what do you reckon you'll be, you've been pretty close to flash. Uh, do you reckon he'll join you on the supercars grid one day, another Morris in the championship?
3: Yeah, I'd love to see it. It's, it's been pretty cool you know with Nash I was you know, we've known each other since we were super young since we we're babies basically and you know we grew up together we went to the same school and when I sort of started doing the Super 3 championship that's when Nash started doing his XL so uh, it's it's crazy to see how, how good he's gone over the last couple of years and he's doing really good in the Super 3 championship uh, this year so I think you know he's trying to step up to Super 2 next year and He's got all the right people in his corner. He's, you know, same sort of opportunity that I had. He's got some great people there, and you know, I'd love to it'd be cool to see another Norwell guy in there.
2: Yeah, the big question I've got, my last question, Brock, we'll let you go soon because it, it is Friday night.
3: He's
1: charging and, uh, us per question here, Tony. That's Come right. On sorry.
2: Sorry. We've got to get our pound of flesh here. Um, even though you're going to be driving, you know, one of the best uh, supercars in the field next year. I hope that you're still going to do the odd XL race. Is that on the cards? Oh,
3: it, it will definitely be on the cards, mate. I did sell my XL this season. Sold it a couple of months ago. I've heard ago, they're going a for a lot of money now. They are going for extreme money now. It is insane. Yeah. Honestly, you, you can sell one and go buy three hundred eighty-six and have a profit. I still have money left over. It's honestly out of control. But um, Yeah xl's awesome and i loved it it's been so good for me over the past couple of years and it's probably fast tracked me a lot because i've just been racing all the time so i sold it just after i did the uh, the xl race in in darwin to be honest the most disappointed person out of that whole situation was russell Ingle. when i told him he was devastated because we <laughs> didn't endure at the start of the year and he's like are you kidding me you sold my car i'm like your car mate what are you talking about?" Um, but yeah, I'm I'm into co-driver duties in in XLS now. Me and Nash did a XL race or enduro at QR a few, probably a month ago now. Um, so I think I'll be back in co-driving duties. But I'm looking forward to getting back out in one of those things soon.
1: That's good. We'd like uh, nothing more than seeing guys who operate at the top level, who are on our TVs and the the heroes of the sport, also do other things in motor racing. Uh, you know, for a little while we. We saw guys who were, you know, just solely committed to supercars and the professionalism of the sport demands that in, in some ways. But, you know, we just want to see, I guess, the, the fans want to see the best guys racing whatever cars. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, Brock, maybe we thank you so much for joining us. I have just one last question. No we're, problem. On the Zo- we're on the Zoom chat here and I just saw you have a little sneaky swig of a Red Bull. Is that part of the deal? Is, that, is this part of your diet now?
3: be honest the the cartons keep rocking up at my front door so it's hard not to to be honest Uh, it's been as soon as i started with them at the start of the year i they keep rocking up so um it's certainly become a little bit more part of my life drinking red bulls now is that your monthly retainer yeah Yeah. (laughs) trust me i think it'll get me through sunday on bathurst (laughs) probably need a couple
1: Oh, well, Brock, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, mate. Uh, we wish you all the best uh, for the Bathurst 1000. I'm sure Tony gives you most <laughs> of the best. He's going to save some of his best for we'll him. We'll on the
2: grid, mate. Hey, we won't be on the track at the same time, I don't think. So. <laughs> you always have the enforcer to deal with. Yes, that's very true. And I know what he's like.
1: <laughs> thanks for your um, time, Brock.
2: No, nah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, man.
1: And we thank Brock for his time. Hey, he is a polished young kid. Mm. Now you, you said
2: you said before the interview there you hadn't actually spoken to him, and I was in the same boat. I'd never spoken to the kid. I've obviously seen him around the traps, but being you know in Triple Eight's little fold and me being in DJR's fold, you sort of like almost enemies, Grant. Mm. Um, but no, he he did actually drive a DJR Falcon a couple of years ago on a on a, like a, an evaluation day or something like that he was there driving with Stevie J um so i i've spoke to him briefly I just said hello but that's the first sort of conversation i've had as well and he is um yeah very well polished and you can see how determined he is he's wants to wrap up this super two championship and uh, the rest will sort of follow from there so Massive job ahead of him. Yeah. Not only this year, but uh, to get himself ready for next year. And it sounds like he's not underestimating that challenge um, mm. because I think it will be. He's going to be in a great car, great team, no doubt about it. But it's very. It's going to be a big jump for him. There's no yeah. doubt.
1: Do you think he'll get boxed around the ears a little bit just out on the track? You know, you know, there's a fair chance that you know he's going to qualify pretty well. Uh, you know, I would imagine he'll maybe not stick the thing on pole for the very first race but he will have uh the the car and the uh skill Mm. to at least be inside that top 10. yeah now that being inside the top 10 is a hell of a lot different to being on even the front couple of rows of a super 2 grid Yeah, no, he will.
2: I think he will get boxed around a little bit. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of drivers that are a little bit jealous uh, of the position that he's in. Um, If I think back to my first year in the main game, not that anyone was jealous that we were driving, Um, I was driving for little old Rod Nash. Um, But I remember my first practice session and I got in the way of James Courtney um, and it was at Adelaide going into turn four. And he didn't just slow down and, you know, uh, go past me. He actually just belted into the back of me and forced <laughs> me off the track. <laughs> um, so I, I went down the skate road. It caved in my rear bar and everything. And it was just like, welcome to the main game. Like if yep. you're gonna if you're gonna impede my lap, then I'm gonna make it really difficult for you, and you won't. You'll think twice, you know. And I, I, he'll get the same treatment, no doubt about it. You know they, they'll box him around a bit at the start, and it'll it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that. If you look at someone like Brody Kostecki he's probably sacrificed a couple of races early on, you know, and belted people back and shown that he's not going to be pushed around. Um, And that's, that's been pretty important because now when, you know, when Brody's behind you, you know, that he's either coming past you or he's going to make a move and you, you better sidestep or you might be taken out. So Mm. he'll have to assert himself early in his career in supercars. And um, I'm sure he will
1: cool well we're looking forward to it haven't had a young kid like this come through the championship for quite some time uh so a uh, an interesting uh an interesting scenario and like right at the top level as well mm. would have been so safe for them to pick a nick percat who i reckon would have gone to a team like that they, you know they could have taken another experienced hand any any of the supercars drivers would have um contracts were standing any supercar driver would have gone and driven for that uh, in that car so um, you're right you know there might be a couple of targets and it'll just be uh, a matter of how he goes about it and maybe the bathus 1000 will help him help him do that there's no reason why he can't qualify inside the top 10
2: yeah I there's mean, no that's... reason
1: why if if Russell can do a good enough job in in those uh, in his stints early in the race that, you know, they can't be sort of in that 10, 15 mm, uh, mark. And um, if if
2: Brock puts the car near the front and Russell doesn't make mistakes in his stints, then they will have a good day. There's that car will be fast, It's very hard to pass at Bathurst. Um, we've seen that many, many times. And you talk about the arrow and the arrow wash across the top. If you you literally can't sit too close. So if he can put the car near the front and Russell does his job, then they will get a result. So, I mean, I mean, they've done more miles than everybody else put together uh, leading into the 1,000. So, they're ticking all the boxes and they're very well prepared. Brock's going to have his Super 2 races at Bathurst as well. So, man, he's going to be on song, that is for sure. So,
1: mm. we'll see. There you go. The countdown we'll is see. on. The well, countdown's on to the Repco Bathurst 1,000 for 2021, we're excited for that. We've got four rounds of Sydney Motorsport Park, plus some uh, potential of other racing. What we don't have, though, Tony D, is any sim racing. Thanks. Simulation God. stuff is done.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. You I got- wasn't the only one that was glad, though. <laughs> uh,
1: you did send a- me some screenshots of some, uh, some of your contemporaries who were also saying, well, I'm glad that's over. That's they were life. literally saying it was the happiest
2: moment of their life when they crossed the finish line. And I was <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's not just me that feels that
2: way. <laughs> um, no, look, man, I did enjoy that journey and uh, yeah, there was parts of it that were very frustrating. There's no doubt, but I think that's just sim racing in general. Um, but yeah, big thanks to Logitech for having me on board, pushing me to do it. Uh, we gave them as much coverage as we could. Uh, thanks to you, Grant, actually, you, you spent your Wednesday nights behind the camera um, you know, taking photos as well. So pumping out some amazing content. Uh, the results were terrible. There's yep. there's no hiding that. But um, yeah, I'm glad to have a little bit of a break from it because it was mm. a bit relentless every week, you know, because it's not just Wednesday night. You're putting hours of practice in to try and become somewhat competitive and I still didn't achieve it. So, um, But yeah, you're spending your weekends, you're spending each night after work. So it's good to have that time back. Now I need to put that into some proper training and get myself ready for the real thing.
1: I don't know what I'm going to do on Wednesday nights now. Can I just pop around just for some dinner? Maybe, yeah, it's, it became the norm.
2: Yeah, my, my um bloody grocery bill went through the roof.
1: <laughs> yeah, the snacks the snacks bills were, uh, they would have racked up. We probably yeah. can't do it for too much longer for both the uh, cash and my waste. <laughs> No, Tony D, good. another episode of Parked Up. We have done it. We've done it. That's episode 78. We are ticking them over. We this one will go up.
2: down in the history books, this one.
1: Definitely as the only one that has the number 78 next to it. Yes, it will. That's right. Yeah, yeah. For more the reasons than one I can only imagine. Tony D, uh, mate, let's, uh, let's talk during a week, but uh, until then, we'll definitely, everyone will hear from you next week. It certainly
2: will. Cheers, mate.